The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go Buffalo. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. What is up, Bills fans? Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on another off-season Bills podcast. We hope you all had a lovely 4th of July celebration this past weekend. Hope all everyone stayed out of trouble. Didn't have any sort of uh, Jason Pierre-Paul incidents at your home. Um, we have a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to discuss the Patriots signing Cam Newton this past week to a one-year deal. Uh, we're going to give some updates on the COVID-19 situation as it relates to the NFL season and preseason and training camp. And uh, just a couple of more things. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my co-hosts to the podcast. We haven't talked in a little while, so I'm excited to do this. Um, welcome, uh, John and Mike, fellas. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing great, Nate. How about those bills? Hey, Nate. Great to be here. Well, let's get right into the Cam Newton signing this past week on Wednesday Quarterback Cam Newton agreed to a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. It is an incentive-laden deal worth a maximum of $7.5 million. But really, it's the veteran minimum. It's a $1.05 million base salary signing with $550,000 guaranteed at his signing. So Newton can make up to $6.45 million in incentive-laden roster bonuses in the 2020 season and I just thought it'd be a fun discussion I mean going into the offseason I don't know if either of the three of us was ready to anoint the Bills the AFC East champs right away I know a lot of Bills Mafia is and I can definitely see it um, happening I just I just want to see how a, a how a New England New England Patriots led team without Tom Brady was going to look and as a Bills fan I felt a lot better about the 2020 season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer as the potential starting quarterbacks for the New England Patriots. But when I heard the news that Cam Newton had signed 
with the Patriots. I wasn't worried, but I was just kind of like, huh, okay. Well, they're probably going to have a little bit better of a season than I anticipated. I think we can throw out the idea that they're that they may or may not be tanking for Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 draft on the quarterback out of Clemson, but um I don't know. I was I was a little bit more hesitant to say that the Bills are going to win the AFC East. And we're going to get into the Vegas odds and all of that later, but I mean, what were what were your thoughts of the of the uh the Patriots signing Cam Newton um, when you heard it last week I'll start with you John well it's definitely an upgrade for them um obviously health is a concern but I mean when when he's healthy he's amazing um as far as does it make me feel differently about the Bills chances this year I I don't think it I feel all that differently I I still think the Bills are going to win the division um just top to down I think they have a better roster I'm surprised that you say like you thought the the Patriots might tank, Nate. Like, I can't envision Bill Belichick tanking. Me either, but wouldn't that be the most Bill Belichick thing? Like, the biggest chess move ever would like to be get rid of, to get rid of Tom Brady. This is such a, they're so cap-strapped right now that they could barely afford to sign Cam Newton. And it's just like, okay, we're going to clear out some dead dead uh, salary cap this year. Just like the Bills. Remember, the Bills had to do that a few years ago They when they went 6-10. and 10, they had Yeah, like, but it was new guys coming in. I think that's that's qualitatively different. Like if it's not your show, it's not your guys, it's not your fault. Like Belichick's older dude, like he can't afford to waste a year on an unknown. Okay. Well, I mean that makes sense. I just think that he's always playing chess at a different level. So he, uh, yeah, if he's, no question. If he, for if, sure. If anyone would do that or think that far ahead or think to take advantage of a of a of a systemic, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's not an issue, but a fault within the system of rewarding the worst team in the NFL, then it would make sense. Imagine if he could get, you know, Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback that a lot of pundits are, are saying is the best quarterback prospect. in, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, since Andrew Luck or, you know, probably Josh Allen, right? Like, so he's like this, this great prospect. And I was just joking, by the way, people didn't, did not say that about Josh Allen, but um, you guys didn't laugh. So I have to explain that. So, um, but Trevor Lawrence, I is, got it. <laughs> Uh, it just wasn't I funny. thought you were going to add laughter in later or something. <laughs> I might have to now. Um, it just wasn't funny. That's all. It just wasn't funny, Nate. So um, I could just see him doing that. You're right. It would suck to, to lose a year for sure. Um, but imagine he could get the next 10 to 20 years. I mean, he'd be in his 90s by then in the 20 years. But if anyone would think that way, I could see him doing it. I'm not saying that. There's been that theory thrown around on Twitter and in, uh, in, uh, in sports. So I just... Thinking that, but I mean, to John's point about the injury history, I mean, just to give you guys an idea, I mean, you know, he missed all but two games last season with a left foot injury. So let's let's talk about his injury history. He came into the league in 2011, um, in 2008, while he was um, in college, he suffered a uh, an ankle sprain, a grade two ankle sprain. In 2012, his second NFL season, he had another ankle sprain. In 2014, he had another ankle sprain in that same year, 2014. He had a rib fracture. In 2014, again, he had a vertebrae fracture, vertebral fracture. In 2016, he had a concussion. In 2016, he also had a shoulder rotator cuff tear. In 2018, he had a knee strain. In 2018, he had a shoulder issue. Um, And then in 2019, he had a Lisfranc issue. So you're talking about 
all of these different issues that Cam Newton has dealt with, um, and especially just recently. I mean, he only played two games last year. The the year before that, he played 14 games. But for the most part, the rest of his career is, even though he's had all these injuries, he's only missed a couple of games. So in 2011... I feel like you're glossing over the most important things, like number one overall pick, MVP of the league. <laughs> like, yes, injury prone, but come on. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about that. And I think we're just worried that he will revert to the 2015 Cam Newton that went 15 and one and went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Denver Broncos. Um, that amazing defense of the Denver Broncos, by the way, I, I wouldn't say that it was Cam Newton's fault necessarily that they lost, but um, this is, did you guys know, speaking of like records and everything, Cam Newton over his 10 year career, nine year career, he's only had three winning records for the team. Now I know, wins aren't a quarterback stat specifically, but the teams that he's been on, he's only had three winning seasons in in eight, if you don't count, um, obviously, 2019, where he only played two games. So isn't that crazy? I thought he was a lot better than that. Yeah, I guess I never really thought of it like that. Um, a lot of people do put the wins on the quarterback, but it is it is the rest of the team. I mean, you can you can have a, a good quarterback. I mean, like Mike said, he was an MVP of the league one year. Could you imagine? I think that I think that anchors you maybe unfairly high, right? If your high watermark is that high, MVP of the league, Super Bowl, cover of all the magazines, like maybe that's why we think, oh, he's amazing, where he hasn't really had the consistency that you'd like to see. Not speaking as a Bills fan, but if you were a Cam Newton supporter or Cam, Cam Newton yourself, <laughs> Cam Newton or his mom. Um, so, Josh, someone wrote on Twitter. Uh, that they they brought up a really good point. They compared the 2017 season of Cam Newton, which was his last full season where he played 16 games, and the 2019 season, this past season for Josh Allen, and he compared like their completions percentages are within like a, a tenth of a percentage point. Their yardage is almost identical. Their total touchdowns are almost identical, and just Josh Allen just had few interceptions. Like it's pretty crazy how close they are statistically to each other. Um, the last time Cam Newton played a full season and Josh Allen only being in his uh, his third season. It's it, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. I, I think it's something to watch. I guess I, the only thing I'm worried about is that Cam Newton comes back with this sort of fiery sort of, you know, how players do that for one year after they've been traded or they haven't been signed or whatever and just just has this chip on his shoulder, which, you know, he has, you know, the type of player he is. He's a fiery player. Um, he's got a lot of grit and, uh, which I appreciate. I think it's, I think it's really admirable. And I, and I see a lot of the same things in Josh Allen. I think Cam Newton talks a lot of trash more than Josh Allen does, but, um, you know, you can't help but respect that. I think this is, it's a great deal for the Patriots to get a starting caliber level quarterback. And it's a great deal for Cam Newton to actually be in the NFL in the 2020 season, not having to wait a season out. Isn't that crazy that, Jameis Winston got signed before Cam Newton. Isn't that insane? But there's a reason why. There's a reason why teams must not have seen that. I mean, if we were really worried about Cam Newton, you know, he probably wouldn't have waited till what three months after, four months after free agency to actually get signed. I think there's downside though with with the injury history. You have to go to a place where the GM's very comfortable, right? Like you you can't. If your job is at all uncertain, you can't swing and whiff like with 
with somebody like Cam Newton because you're going to have egg all over your face if he doesn't pass the physical. And it's just, it seems like a lot surrounding the pandemic with COVID, like a lot of uh, extraneous factors factored into it this time. So one thing I'll note about um, Cam Newton, we were talking about stats earlier and, and wins and, and percentages, completion percentages. Well, um, the last couple of years, he's relied a lot on his running backs to get the majority of the receiving yards in the offense. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of great running backs in New England. I mean, New England always stacks, is always stacked with running backs. James White, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. I mean, he's got options there. And uh, But one thing that Cam Newton always seemed to rely on in his career prior to the last couple of seasons is Greg Olson. Now, Greg Olson has been injured 2018, 2019. But if you go to 2017, 2016, 2015, the leading receiver for the Panthers is often Greg Olson. And Greg Olson is probably a Hall of Fame tight end at this point. Um, and he does not have a tight end like that in New England. So I wonder if part of his struggles the last couple of years besides staying healthy had to do with not having Greg Olson available for all 16 games. Um, it's just it's just an interesting uh, thing I wanted to note is that uh, the, the tight, he doesn't have Rob Gronkowski in New England. I don't think with New England, they don't have any weapons around him, really. No, just Julian Edelman and the running backs for the most part, right? Nikhil, and their schedule should be brutal. Yeah. If you want to know the uh, the Vegas odds for the winners of the AFC East, according to DraftKings, the Patriots are now at a plus 110 as the favorites for winning the AFC East. The Bills shifted from, I believe it was plus 130 to plus 160, meaning that, Mike, how does that mean? You're, you're our Vegas expert. If you bet $100, what do you win? I don't know. 160. <laughs> the answer is 160. <laughs> Dude, you I were stroking out. You I don't were, even know what, you're talking, <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> you're not even paying attention. Remember, we were we did this this whole thing when we were at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, and we we're like, how do we place a bet? How does this work? Like, you know, I've only done this a few times, and even then, I didn't know if I was doing it right when it when I went to Vegas a couple of times and put money on the bills to like win the Super Bowl or whatever. Um, Can you tell tell us again how the odds shifted? So the odds, I don't remember after what... After the signing of Cam? After the signing for Cam, the um, the Buffalo Bills, I don't know what the fav- what the odds were for New England, but the Bills went from plus 130 to plus 160. So you will actually make more money right now if you bet the Bills after the Cam Newton signing. You bet $100, you're going to win 160 which is a pretty good deal because there were lots of bets that we've looked at where it's like, you know, minus minus one ten, which means you bet a hundred, you bet one hundred and ten dollars, and you win a hundred dollars, right? Like that's the thought, it's the math behind that. So, uh, here's a question for you guys: Would you guys make that bet? Would you guys bet? So, just to give you an idea of like the Patriots, John, I know you wanted to jump in on that one and say yes, but the Patriots are at plus one ten, the Bills are at plus one sixty, and just to give you reference, the Dolphins are at plus seven hundred. And the Jets are at plus seven hundred, meaning if you bet a hundred dollars, you win seven hundred dollars. <laughs> quite a, quite a, quite a change in the odds compared to the the Bills and the Patriots. Would you guys, would you guys still place a bet on the Bills winning the AFC East um, over the New England Patriots? Yes. You're saying this Cam Newton signing hasn't changed, hasn't shifted your thought on the Bills being the best and most talented team in the in the AFC East? No, like like I said before, I think the Bills just have a better roster. Mike, would you? I, I think it's an unknown. Like, a hundred bucks isn't make or break the bet. Like, I think you qualitatively have to decide: is it like 
what's your confidence level? This is just like, oh, I'm it's my walking around money. I'm gonna that's my entertainment budget. Toss it in, sure. But if, is it like, oh, your mortgage payment, or is it something meaningful? Like, ah, uh, I think the Pats D is gonna be very good, and if Cam Newton is average, they could be a scary team. Yeah, like I think I think it changes things. Like if the if the Bills are for real and want to make waves in the playoffs, like they'll have to take care of business, no question. Mm-hmm. But to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, and it's been the Pats for 20 years. So I, I'm very optimistic, but I think it's a great deal for New England in terms of it being all incentives, league minimum. Like they've lost nothing. Mm-hmm. This, the, when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl in 2015, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. There was a six-ranked defense in points for and yards against, and they had the best running offense in the league. Um, number one or number two in yards, number one in touchdowns. And um, then you also have passing. They were like 24th in the league, right? So not a great passing team, but a really good running team and a really good defensive team. It's like, well, you can do that with the Patriots this season. They had a great defense last season. They had one of the best defenses in the league last season. And they have a good running game. So do you give Cam Newton you know, enough credit to be able to do to, to have that sort of season with the Patriots because he brings a lot to the table that the Patriots didn't have with Tom Brady, like a potential rushing presence. I mean, Tom Brady was never going to run the ball for a first down unless it was a fourth and one QB dive, right? Like he, he adds that. Now he also, you could potentially get injured by at any given moment, by any, by any collision he takes, but he presents something interesting. And I, trust that Bill Belichick just in seeing him kick our ass for 20 years that he will scheme up uh, a, a game around him where they could they could I don't think they're going to win the AFC East I would still bet on the Bills but I could see them having a winning season I could see them going what 9 and 7 10 6 well it won't matter the Bills are going 16 and 0 so <laughs> Chad I love you man Mike what are your thoughts on that I'm not worried, but I think it makes winning the division harder. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So um, I put this in a Twitter poll over Twitter. If you're not following us, please do. We are at CTW Pod, as in circling the wagons pod. And I put this up on Twitter. I said, Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots. Does this change how the AFC East unfolds? And if you guys had to guess, you guys guess yes or no. What, what do you think the majority was? Most people think like John does. John, what do you think? Yes or no? I think. Does it does this change how the AFC East unfolds with a candidate no. signing? No. John thinks the majority is no. Mike, with the but, caveat of being this, this are the people following the CTW account on Twitter, right? So it's like a bit of a self selection. Oh yeah, <laughs> only Bills fans. Okay. No Patriots okay. fans here. Then I guess no. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be right. Seventy six percent said no. <laughs> 23% said yes. 77%, I should say. 77% say no. I'm just reading some of the um, comments in the poll. Uh, Bill McCord writes, well, yes, the Pats go from third to second in the division. <laughs> Primetime Hanover writes, yes, second, third, and fourth places are all a little different. <laughs> Sean writes in, definitely going to be a bigger challenge for the Bills now. Hopefully, it just ends up making the rest of the division fight Harder for second for second place. It's LeBron Le, LeBaron Van Buren. Wow, 
such a guy sounds like he's like a, a duke of something. LeBaron Van Buren writes, it makes the Patriots scary again, dot, dot, dot. Like, oh, that's pretty ominous, man. I don't know. I was. I think that's. I think you get different levels of Bills fans. You have the the sky is falling Bills fans, and then you have Bills fans that are like almost a little overly confident and saying this doesn't change anything. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. I, I'm kind of in between. I think this changes and shifts it, but I think the Bills are still in the driver's seat, um, which we'll get into. Uh, yeah. So that so that's how it ends up with this. Can I just say, um, I was kind of believe. I was kind of. Uh, taken aback a little bit that the fact that the Patriots signed Cam Newton because I don't know if anyone else got the M that got the memo in the NFL but uh only the Bills are allowed to sign ex-Panthers players because if there's one place that the ex-Panthers players go in the NFL it's to the Buffalo Bills roster I mean we just signed like four or five of them this last offseason including Defensive end Mario Addison, defensive tackle Vernon Butler, cornerback Josh Norman, linebacker AJ Klein. I mean, those are just a few to name this season. I mean, I just missed one. Um, offensive guard, offensive tackle Daryl Williams. I mean, these are guys that came straight from Carolina or played in the system or know Sean McDermott. Like, what do the Patriots think that they're doing? Yeah, this this helps the Bills, right? That all those players have knowledge on Cam. They practice with them. They played with them. Well, I think the the players for sure, and then who knows Cam better than McDermott, right? His strengths, his weaknesses, watching him every single day. And maybe it's telling that the Bills didn't make a move. But, I mean, you could say you wouldn't want that kind of caliber quarterback behind Josh Allen. That's a debate for a different day. I think the more good players you have, the better. Personally, Personally. one of you guys might disagree, um, but maybe they knew something, and that's why he's not a Bill. But that's I understand a very very optimistic take. You know that that's really interesting, Mike. And I wasn't going to get into that either. If Josh, but I mean, just from just from an outside perspective, you don't want you don't want a guy like Cam Newton backing up Josh Allen, right? Because it's going to cause controversy. If Josh Allen, <laughs> you're rolling your eyes because I know you didn't want to get in this. If I if I was a coach or owned a business, I would want the best people I could get. If you were if you were maybe my starter and John, sorry, John. Was was in the Cam Newton position, and I thought he could make you better or replace you. It'd be like in a heartbeat. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> wow! So it all comes out. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, well, what you were saying? But I, I know no one feels that way. So I've, I shouldn't have even done that path. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you too. Actually, we're actually three for three for the first time in a long time. Surprise! Because wow. because if you just look at it from the surface, who do I think is better? Um, Cam Newton or Matt Barkley as your backup quarterback or potentially fifth round rookie quarterback Jake Fromm like it's not even close one guy actually has won playoff games and one guy you know got his ass kicked in week 17 by the Jets like I, I guess I'm just how would you not say that too, they have very similar playing styles right so it's not like you have to re somebody and the and their playing styles are very conducive to being hit, injured for a play, a series being taken out of the game. So, like, your the backup comes in, you wouldn't miss a step, whereas that wouldn't necessarily be the case with a lot of other players, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, you look at the difference in playing styles between Matt Barkley and Josh Allen. They're completely different. You know, where you, like, people have made the comparison to Josh Allen, Cam Newton, and, like, there's a lot of similarities. I know people don't like hearing that, where they have a lot of, diff, you know, 
differing takes on that, but I, I see a lot of similarities in the way that they are, the way that their teammates love playing for them, um, the way that they're liked within the locker room, and the, they both have accuracy issues, but they're both gamers as well. I would argue that Cam Newton is a cautionary tale for what Josh Allen could become injury-wise if he continues to take the hits and not become more of a pocket passer in the future because of, you know, all you of could absolutely see the career trajectory going the, the, down a similar path for sure. But hopefully he doesn't age the same way. Yeah. But would you take it? I wonder. So a league MVP and a trip to the Super Bowl. Would you take it at this point? Um, man, I, I, I'd have to say yes, because we haven't been we haven't won a playoff game, Mike, in what, 25 years. So I would. Yeah, I take that. I take that. I would not take it. <laughs> the goal is and always has been to win a Super Bowl. I feel like going and losing would be soul crushing. Sometimes we going and lost. <laughs> so we will see exactly how that um, ends up. It's just an interesting um, discussion uh, on the whole Cam Newton thing. It's one of the biggest things to, to happen. To, I mean, not directly to the Bills, but you know, in the Bills' wheelhouse. So support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, I also wanted to talk about the COVID-19 protocols for training camp and preseason that were released uh, this past Saturday um, as far as COVID-19 goes with the 2020 training camp and preseason. And I'm sure people have heard, but the the NFL eliminated the first and the fourth preseason game. Um, so there will only be two preseasons as of now, as of the time that we're recording this, I have to say this because it could change within a day. There are only going to be two se- uh, week two and week t- three preseason games um, for each NFL team, which just so happens that the Bills are going to have two home games in that season. But as of now, no fans are, are allowed to attend the uh, Buffalo Bills games because it's all dependent on the municipality that is governing that area. So New York obviously has been pretty strict compared to other states. So as of now, um, the state has informed the Bills that they will not be allowing any fans at the stadium. As of now, things could change. You never know. But as for training camp and preseason, um, there was a protocol that leagues had set up as far as that goes, as far as becoming symptomatic and asymptomatic and um, you know positive uh, COVID-19 tests and stuff like that. Um, the, real quick, before we get into players, um, I wanted to talk about oh media access. So one of the things that, that one of the major changes to this uh, this protocol for preseason and training camp is that 
there uh, will be a myriad of alterations to media access, including no in-person interviews until further notice. So you won't get any of the, um, I guess, post-game uh, locker room interviews that you would normally get from the Bills beat writers. Um, so that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It stinks that they won't get that, but um, I'm sure they'll figure out some sort of Zoom sort of uh, interviewing landscape that they're going to have to go on from now or something, just like they have been doing. They've been doing the same thing with Brandon Bean and the you know, offensive, defensive coordinators, Sean McDermott over the past few months. So it's just going to be a continuation of that. We're just going to, uh, I mean, it'll just be interesting, um, the media access, as far as, you know, games go, will they be able to talk? I mean, the NFL is smart because they're not saying anything specifically for the games yet, as far as, you know, media access and, and how it's going to going to work. But, um, it's as far as players go, um, they're, they're, they're basically going into two different directions. So obviously, if you're just like a normal person going into the facility, they're going to monitor for symptoms. They're going to see if you have a fever. They're going to test your temperature as you enter the uh, facility, which is normal. That's going to be normal protocol. But if you have close contact exposure or uh, to someone that's symptomatic or somebody who is tested positive for COVID-19, you have um, two different options. You're, obviously, you're going to take a virus test, but if the if the test comes back negative, then um, then you're just going to be monitored and you're going to be given the tests more regularly. But if you come back positive for COVID-19, you have two different routes you're going to take. Um, if you have no symptoms whatsoever, you could be asymptomatic or it could have been a false positive. So either way, what they're going to do is they're going to they're either going to let 10 days pass and before you have to take another test or what is more likely to happen is five days have passed since the initial positive test. And so you've been quarantined from the team for five days and you've taken two consecutive negative tests in that time frame, separated by 24 hours. And then you're allowed to return to the club physician and then um, back into the facility. So it's kind of an interesting topic. They're just trying to make sure, hey, is this really a false positive or um, is is he... Or are you asymptomatic because you've already had COVID-19 or, or, or you're just asymptomatic in general? But if you are symptomatic and you definitely tested positive, you will at least 10 days have to pass before you can um, you can return to the facility. At least 72 hours have to have passed since you've had symptoms last from COVID-19. Your return has to be approved by the club physician and uh, consultation with uh, the NFL chief medical officer and local regulations and requirements are satisfied so that you know there's always that caveat of of how things are going obviously in new york like i said things are strict in florida not so strict right now so um just a little bit different for depending on where you are so it's kind of interesting um do you guys ever think about that with the nfl season as far as if a player in your lot and, and lots of people, by the way, as far as COVID-19 goes across all sports leagues, like Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR driver, just became positive for COVID-19. I think 37 players for the Clemson football team have tested positive so far. I mean, there has just been a lot of different names around the NBA, the NHL, um, the PGA, even that have tested positive already for COVID-19 um, with a sport like football. I mean, could you imagine if a quarterback got it and they had to be they had to miss at least a week or two because of they tested positive for COVID nineteen? They they were showing symptoms and stuff like that. How would it affect other teammates? I mean, have you guys ever thought about that, or is that a rabbit hole you don't want to look down until 
we get closer to when the season starts. Because if I start going down that rabbit hole, it scares me a little bit, and it makes me wonder if the season is actually in question or not. Yeah, I I haven't thought about it too much, and that's probably purposely. Um, it's hard to to know what's what's really going to happen. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean. Take it to the extreme. I wonder if there will be a season for sure. It seems like we're back on the upswing with the number of cases, outbreaks growing exponential. Like I think definitely be concerned about the entire season happening. And then to your point about specific players, um, it seems like in any given year, like there's a freak injury affecting a player here, a player here, like Drew Brees, maybe most recently. Um, but this like one person whose family member gets it can come back and infect the entire team. And that, you know, like you mentioned Clemson football, like that's, that's incredible. The number of players. So like it, it one instance could drastically change the landscape. How are, how are teams going to travel? You know, I mean, in such close spaces, because obviously they use a private jet. They, they usually use it with the media, which I can't imagine they're going to do at this point. And the Bills have to travel a lot this season, more so than last season. I, I mean, how are they going to account for that? Usually they want to keep, like there was talk about keeping players in different areas to to dress. Um, that's That's been brought up. I believe that that's either in, in effect or it's going to be, or it's something that's been tabled in the NFL about, you know, players dressing in different areas so they're not all together in the locker room exposed to each other so you know they'll take that office uh, you know and then they come together in practice but they limit the contact so i mean how would they travel for i mean would you have different private jets i mean how does that how does that work as far as you know you can't fit you know a 53-man roster or whatever and then also all of the coaches and training staff and everything like that on a private jet anymore or can you i mean i don't know i, I try not to go down that rabbit hole because that it confuses me thinking that well, you can't do any of that, right? Because you can't you can't have that many people together in a closed space. You can't. What, what would they all have to drive separately to Seattle or who, or San Francisco or wherever to play a game in a in a car? I mean, how would that logistically work? Would they be in a train? I, I have no idea. So it just kind of muddies the water of you know. You think of one thing and then three other things pop up. So yeah, let's just stay optimistic about where it's gonna go. Let's let, we're gonna we're still gonna podcast as if this season is going to happen, and all of the same issues. You know, we want to talk about you know different positional uh, matchups, so different players that are fighting for the roster. A uh, real quick, I know I know um, Father's Day was a couple of uh, weeks ago already, and we didn't do a podcast then. But I wanted to wish, obviously, all the Buffalo Bills uh, fans out there that are fathers, uh, happy Father's Day. In her tweet, I said, you know, how many of you guys are basically, you know, how many fathers are out there making sure their kids become Bills fans? And uh, real quick for for my story, um, you know, uh, I know John can relate to this a little bit because he has two kids and and they're both Bills fans. But I remember when uh, we told my parents that, uh, my wife and I told my parents that we were going to have a baby and we were excited to tell them we had breakfast together and we were like, Oh, you know, they're, they're like, that's so cool. Congratulations. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, can't wait. They're definitely going to be bills fans. And they were like, Oh, nice. Like, have you thought about religion? <laughs> like, um, kind of. Yeah. But we're, we, we'll, we're going to figure that out. But we, we definitely know that, that this child will become a Bills fan. He or she will become a Bills fan. <laughs> so uh, that was funny. My, my my son's first experience as like a toddler 
was uh, the first thing he ever repeated after me. And it's funny with kids, you always, you sometimes just forget the crap that comes out of your mouth until somebody else repeats it. <laughs> and I remember the first thing my son ever repeated for a Bills game um, when he was like 18 months or two years old or something like that was, uh, come on, Zay. <laughs> it's because, as you can imagine, Zay Jones dropped a pass. <laughs> I believe it was a 2017 season, and uh, that happened quite a lot. So uh, my son said that I have it on a recording somewhere. I got to pull it up um, on this podcast. Maybe I'll add it at the very end of the podcast. But uh, that was one of the first things. John, do you have any as a as a father uh, of of two children that are that are bo- both Bills fans? I mean, you you'll text us sometimes. And you'll say, oh, my daughter um, just asked me to play the shout song, like, for her randomly. Yeah, they, um, I played that for them one time, and, like, they really they really took to it. And uh, they'll walk around the house going, hey. The, the one's got, like, three different Bill's blankets that she's got to have and all this other stuff. So That's cool. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I, I think I got a video clip of her, like, she had to be, like, 18 months. And it was like a Bills preseason game. And she's just like jumping up and down at me, like at the screen, like all excited. <laughs> I think you sent us that one. That was a good one. That's yeah. good. One. I love clips like that. Um, I was going to mention, so I wrote this tweet on on, on Twitter and, and Andrew Ensing tweeted that my wife, he, he, sent me, he sent us a picture of this football. It's a Franklin um, like youth football. And he said that his wife made this football for him. And instead of, Signing his name, my youngest son, with some special needs, writes "Go Bills," and they have um, uh, like uh, painted imprints of his hands at that age on the football, which I thought was like such a great idea. It's such a thoughtful gift that his wife made, um, such a memory for his son, and uh, and just I thought that was really cool. And actually, I'll end the podcast with uh, this message that I received from a Buffalo Bills player father. Basically what happened is one of the Bills players, one of the current Bills players' fathers um, follows us, follows our, our Twitter account. I, I basically messaged him. I noticed that he was he was this guy's father and he had you know pictures of him and stuff like that and he only had a couple hundred followers. I'm like, that sounds like a dad Twitter account, right? <laughs> and he wrote, you know, I, I, his, his son had been doing some charity and I said, wow, you know, you must be very proud of your son. He sounds like a great guy. He's really... In, endeared himself to buffalo has he always been this this way this player in question and this father wrote back um i am proud of him and he and he and he uh and he has always been this way somewhere along the line while growing up it hit him of how blessed he was athletically and intelligently he became aware that so many others did not have the opportunities and advantages that he had and that didn't sit right with him there were so many gifted kids they couldn't break out of their limited environments. They didn't have the wrestling shoes. They couldn't go get to the college search camps. They couldn't put together highlight tapes. Oftentimes, came home to a foodless house, etc., etc. He always helped the underdog and supported those who just couldn't get the exposure. Working hard to pursue his personal goals also helped create a platform where he could start reaching out to more kids and helping in a bigger way. Um, playmakers groups in Sacramento, Omaha, and Buffalo, and influencing those around him to pay it forward wherever, whenever they can. So was he always like this? Was he always this way? Yeah, I'd say it's in his nature, just another way he was blessed. But now 
he has the ways and means and connections to really make a showable difference. And that person that messaged me was Paul Phillips, father of defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, Harrison Phillips. So that was a really cool story. It's no, it's almost like the uh, those old, uh, I can't remember who used to do it, the, uh, and now you know the rest of the story. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> um, so the, what's really cool about Harrison Phillips and, and uh, my favorite player on the roster, and this is for another podcast altogether, but my favorite player on the roster right now is Tredavious White. I know I love Josh Allen and, and he's really easy to like, but Tredavious White is my favorite. Harrison Phillips though, the more I learn about him is, is one of my favorite players on the roster because I was reading this story. So when, when I, um, was talking to his father over message. I'm like, oh, let me do a quick search on 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 Harrison Phillips. And there was this, if you Google the right terms, because I was like, I was like, is this guy Paul Phillips? Is this really his father? <laughs> so I I messaged him, uh, or I Googled him, and I wanted to make sure that there was like the same picture and all that stuff. And it was him. But then he had this. So Harrison Phillips wrote this story um, when he was in Stanford. So he went to Stanford for college. That's where he played that his collegiate career. And he has this amazing backstory of how he came into the NFL. I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to Google Harrison Phillips' uh, My Story. It's on the Stanford website still. It hasn't been taken down. And he talks about how he was um, looking to uh, potentially get looks from all of these. It, it was I, can't, I don't remember the entire story, but it was he had one shot and I don't, I won't give it away, but he had one shot to get into Stanford and it required a lot of money and, and things that he didn't necessarily have. His, his father had just lost um, his job recently. They had to sell their, their home. And it was just like his grandfather or grand grandmother and grandfather were farmers and they were able to loan them money for, it was just, and that's the only way that he got into Stanford or he, or he went to like one of those camps that Paul had mentioned where you can actually search where it's it's like the, you know they they bring in like what hundreds of hundreds of guys to just shuffle them through. It's like anyone that stands out, they might give them a, a, a scholarship opportunity. And he was playing this game, which I think was called King of the Hill or something like that. And it was basically these two guys going against each other, like the best offensive tackle versus the best defensive tackle or whatever. And it was like whoever won that rep got into the next level. And he he went against. Um, there was like a hundred people in this contest and he ended up winning it and he got a, a, a call from the head coach within a few days getting, telling him that he got the scholarship for the work that he did. And I mean, it was one of those things where the flights got canceled and he showed up, he didn't get to California until five in the morning from Nebraska and he had to be at the facility at seven in the morning with no sleep. And it was just, it was a really cool story. I would encourage anyone to read that. So, um, so thanks to Paul for sending me that message and allowing me to read that on the podcast. Thank you to everyone that's listening and signing off here for John. Hey. For Mike. Go Bills. Don't worry. Cam's chronological age is 31, but his biological age is 72. And for me, Nate, we'll talk to you guys again soon before training camp. Go Bills. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons 
like the Buffalo Bills. Come on, Zay. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.